this series called Let Jesus Speak. And uh, I think it's important that when we, we think about Christ, we don't just see Him. Because I think many Christians and the church, in a way, worldwide, as I said last week, sometimes we have a picture of Jesus, and that's, oh, I'm following Jesus, but He's kind of like this, oh, kind of God that you're just looking at, but He doesn't speak. We, we need to let, Jesus said a lot of stuff. What did He say? Well, it's easy to find out, because what Jesus said is in Red. It's, it, it's all in red. If you open up any modern day Bible, any modern day app, well, you'll see what Jesus said is in red. And he said a lot of things. So these are kind of like red letter Sundays. And, and, and he said this, if you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Other versions it says, you'll obey. And so these, these verses, I've, I've said they, they mean three things to me. When I thought about this verse, there's three things that come to mind. Number one, what are Christ's commandments? And then, do I keep them? And then if I don't, number three, do I truly love Him? Do I truly love Christ? And I think that because this verse seems to be implying that love for Christ is evidenced or shown by keeping His commandments by obeying that which He has said, that which He has spoken. And of course, we keep His commands not so He will love us. This is not about doing things. Please understand that today. This is not about doing things so God will love us. We do these things because Christ loved us. Oh, only two people said amen. It's important that I hear an amen. You understand that Christ loves you. Understand this is not about, the Bible says nothing can separate us from His love. Neither height nor depth, neither angel nor demon. The, the, Christ's love is for us. How do I know that? Because how much does He love you this much? He died on a cross to set you free. My friend today, if you don't know that, if you go, man, would God ever love a person like me? Yes. Friend, there's no one too bad that He can't change. There's no one going through any stuff that he can't turn your life around. How do you know that? How do I know that as a pastor? Because he turned my life around. Is there anybody else whose life he's turned around? Friend, I want to tell you, no matter where you're at today, Christ can change you. Christ can change you. If we would give our lives to him. His teaching will change us. His teaching, and this is, again, I had stuff, I had clips and stuff I'm going to show, but I just want to remind us that Christ can change us. You can try and change yourself, you can try and do it in your own way and try and do your own thing, but ultimately we need to give our life to God. To him, only he can truly, truly change us. I listened to a story of Jess yesterday at Tanico at a graduation, a life change from, from drugs and craziness. Where are you, Jess? Where are you? Give me a wave. There you are. Just stand up. She graduated from Tanico yesterday. Let's just say, well done. Well done. Well done, Jess. But what a story of Christ's redemption. What a story of God's life-changing power to turn us 
turn us around. And as I thought about the commands of Christ, what are they? There are so many people say there's, uh, some people say there's 49 things that Jesus said, you shall do this, you, uh, uh, you must be. Or truly, truly, I say to you, some say there's about 49 things. Others people point out there's probably about 70 things that Jesus said. Do this. Be that. But today I just want to focus on one of those things. The first thing that Jesus said. On the first day when he began his public ministry, on, the, on day number one when he began his public ministry, you know if you've been around the Bible for a while, you know that Christ was baptized in the River Jordan. He went out, led by the Spirit of God, into the wilderness. And he wrestled for 40 days and 40 nights with the, with the devil. But at the finish of that, he came out of the desert. And the first thing he said, the first word is he began his public ministry, day one, hour one, the first thing he said, the first command he gave was this, repent. Repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Matthew 4 verse 9, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Mark, uh, the same, describing the same event, Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. Friends, I want you to understand, when we think of repentance, it's not a word that's used much these days. It's not a word that people like. It's often seen in a negative light. But I want you to understand here today, repentance is invitational, not confrontational. Repentance is an invitational word. It's an invitational word that should be surrounded with, with, with joy and with celebration, not with a heaviness. It is His kindness that draws us or leads us to repentance. So I, I, I want to do, if you like, a mind shift today because sometimes we, we're used to sing. I've been at places and when I was over in the States where people are yelling out, repent! Like it's some negative thing. I want you to understand, repentance is not a bad word. It's not a four-letter word. I want to tell you, repentance is an invitational word. It is not a confrontational. It's an invitational call from God. He's calling us to what? To return home. To return See, the Bible is written in New Testament. You know it's written in Greek, and the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And so the words around repent, when you look at both of those together, we get an understanding of, of, of really what God is saying when, when that word is used in, in Scripture. But I want us to understand, it's, and I think this is important, that repentance is, is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. You might have emotions associated with that, but it's, it's really not an emotion. It's a decision. It's a decision. 
Because understand, if, if repentance to you is a, an emotional feeling, I came to a meeting, they moved it, they played soft mu- music, and I felt this and I felt that. Friends, if people can talk you into it, they can talk you out of it. If it's just a matter of feeling, when that feeling goes, friends, I want to tell you, it's not an emotion, it's a decision. It's a decision of what? A decision of the will. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. Not what I want, God, but what do you want? It's a change of life. Why? Not so God can make things hard for you. Not so God can make things, but he's not sitting up there and going, I'm just going to make your life a misery. No, it's a joyous thing. He's turning us towards God. See, here, here's what it means. Here's what it means. To repent in the Greek, when it's used in the New Testament, it means this, it means to change your mind. Change your mind about what? Change means to change your mind. When you, when you repent, you change your mind about the way you think, about the way you, you live. You, you change, your, change your mind about, about the way you've been living. You've, you've, you, you suddenly go, I, I've been living for myself, and now I'm going to live for God. I've been doing my own thing, and now I will live for God. It's a decision, it's a change of mind. It's saying from now on, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live to please Jesus, my Savior. Someone said this, repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of heart, that leads to a change of action. Repentance is not an idea. That's a good idea, that's a nice one. No, no, it's an action. It's a decision of the will, an action. The Hebrew word to repent means to turn around. In other words, you've been facing one way, the wrong way, with your back towards God, and it's a turning towards Him. It's a turning 180 degrees with your face towards God. So, so to repent is not just to be seen as a turning from sin. I'm going to turn from all the bad stuff I'm doing. I'm going to return from just, a, a, you know, turn away from the bad stuff. It's not just a turning away from sin. It is to be understood as a turning towards God. A returning to my Father. It's invitational. Why? Because God loves us. He loves you. Friend, if you don't know that today, I, I, I want you to, without, when you leave this place today, I want you to know no matter what situation you're in, no matter how bad you think you are, friends, I want to tell you there is a good God in heaven whose heart is for you. And so he gives us an invitation. And that invitation, again, as I said, so many times repentance is, is looked at as a negative word or a, a telling off word. But I, I want to change your mind today. And I want you to see that repentance is a beautiful invitation from your heavenly Father. 
One that should bring joy to our heart is not something to run from, it is something to run to. Nowhere can this be seen better than in the parable of the of the lost son. In the parable of the prodigal son. And you know the story, again, if you were to look in your Bible, this would all be written and read. This is the, probably the most famous story in Scripture. The most famous parable. A parable just means the story that Jesus told to illustrate a kingdom or a heavenly point. And so the story tells of a, of a son who went to his father and said, give me my inheritance now. I, I want my inheritance now. And again, you've got to remember, and I've preached on this before. I'm not going to labor too much on this. But when he does that, when he asks the father for the inheritance, listen, when do you usually get your inheritance? When, when somebody dies. And so he's really saying as a Jewish boy to his father, you're dead to me. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do it. Give me my inheritance. And so the father does that. The father gives him his inheritance. And the Bible tells us that the son then goes off and squanders his inheritance with wild living until he gets to a place where the money runs out and the inheritance runs out and he finds himself, the Bible says, in need. There's nothing like a bit of need to turn us towards God. There's nothing like situations changing. Maybe today you are here in this room with a need, a health need, a financial need, a like God, you need to come through need. Like I don't know how I'm going to get through next week kind of need. There's nothing like a bit of need to turn us towards our Savior. The Bible tells a story that after he'd run out, he, he became hungry. He, he, he had no money. And so he goes and is hired by this, this man to feed pigs. And if you know in Jewish culture, pigs, I mean, if you like pork, that's one thing. But can I just tell you, in Jewish culture, when they're describing, when Jesus is giving this picture, it's like the lowest of the low. Pork pigs are the lowest of the low. This is like about as low as you can go. And so this, he was now working for this guy, longing for the, to eat the, the, the food, the pods that the pigs were eating. And then it tells us this, and the, the ESV puts it like this. This is Luke chapter 15, verse 17, which is an amazing chapter of lost stuff. A lost coin, a lost sheep. And then a lost son. The whole chapter is about lost stuff being found. And it says this, but when he came to himself. What is repentance? Repentance is a decision point. It's a place where you, you get to that, that place in your life and, and, and you go, what am I doing? Why am I living like this? What's going on with my life? He, 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 
He came to himself. Anybody else through your journey, you've had those moments where you've, you've come to yourself and going, God, I need you. And so the Bible says, when he came to himself, this is why, this, this is why like I say, repentance is not an emotion. It's a decision. It's a decision. I, I, I need to change. I need God. I can't do this on my own. I've tried. I thought my way was going to work. I grabbed all my inheritance. I've lived however I want. I've done the wild living. I've done all of those kind of things. And I've realized it comes to nothing. So we come to ourselves. The son, he came to himself. And the NIV, it says, when he came to his senses. This is what he said. He said, he said how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And I am starving to death. I will set out and I will go back. I will return. I will go back to my father. And then he says this, and I want you to remember what I'm going to read out right here. And then he says this, and I will say, I will say, this is what I'm going to say. I've thought about it. I'm preparing for it. This is what I'm going to say. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. This is what he said. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. This is, how, this is my plan. This is my, the way I'm going to work this out. This is what I'm going to say. Remember that. And so verse 20 says, he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Friend, you might be here and going, I'm a long way off from God. Friends, I want to tell you, God sees you. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. Oh, there's so many things. I, I, I don't want to get diverted. There's so many things I could preach here, but I want to make really just one point that I want you to grab today. Jewish elderly men do not run. There's a whole message. And there you go to them. They don't come to you. This is the beauty of Christianity. Where all other religions, the man trying to reach up to God, he reaches down to, down to us. I'm sorry for getting emotional, but I don't even know why. He ran to his son, but, and, and he threw his arms around him and kissed him. And watch, here's the son. He's getting ready for his spiel. Watch this. The son said to him, Father, he's practiced this. He's got ready for this. I don't know what you've practiced for, how you try and talk and communicate to God. But he, he said this, Father, I have sinned against heaven. He's practiced this. And against you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And before he can say, make me, before he can get the next words out of his mouth, before he can say what he'd planned to say, make me one of your high, just, just, I am not worthy, I am no good, make me, before he could even get his prepared statement out of his mouth. Father 
said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Bring the ring on his finger. He's like, no, I, there's something else I need to, no, no, no. Father's not listening. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Friends, repentance is celebratory. It's joyous. If you read chapter 15 about the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the last son, you'll see that Jesus says at the end of those two first two stories that how when one sinner repents, heaven rejoices. There's a party going on. Something amazing happens. We look at it like a telling off. We look at it from a negative point of view, from God's part. It is a celebration. It is a joyous returning. It is a welcoming, welcoming home. To, to me, this is a beautiful picture of repentance. Like I say, it's not just a turning from sin, but rather a turning to God. Our Father, who art in heaven. The Son came to Himself and made a decision, a decision of the will, and He returned to His Father. And here's the thing, He thought He deserved punishment, and the reality is He did. For the punishment of sin, the Bible says, is death. Friend, I can't, Lighten that for you. If you've got a complaint, write to him. I didn't say it. He said it. Punish, punishment for sin is death. God doesn't mess around. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Oh, amen, all right. The son came to himself. He made a decision of the will. He returned to his father. He thought he deserved punishment, and he did. But what did he receive? Kindness, joy, and a celebration. Have you made a decision? Not an emotional thing. Listen, friend, if, if your repentance is an emotional thing or whatever, you're going to miss it. You need to understand it's a decision. Not my will, but thy will be done as we turn towards him. Maybe we're going here, man, I deserve everything that happens to me. But I want to tell you, that's the beauty of the gospel. Because it's not just about a lost son, it's about a loving father. Who's waiting and who's longing 
for his sons and his daughters to come home. Have you made that decision here today? Do you need to? I guess today I'm issuing an invitation. Maybe you're like the son and you're going, I'm, I, I'm not worthy. Maybe you're not. In fact, you're certainly not. We can't do it. I'll just let me improve myself and I'll, I'll do better and I'll get better. Friends, I want to tell you, your righteousness is like a filthy rag before a holy God. There is no way you can be right with God. No way. Well, I'm a really good person. No, you're not. The Bible says you're a sinner. And there is nothing you can do to reach God. But God reached down for you. The Father stands and looks. Would you return? Would you make that decision? Would you come to Him? Have you made that decision? Do you need to make that decision? Friend, I want to tell you, the Father waits. You will receive kindness and a welcome. And there will be a celebration for all who repent and believe. Every head bowed and every eye closed. As we bring this service to a close today, I want to make sure that I give people an opportunity here to have a change of mind, a change of heart, and turn away from sin and turn towards God. If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, you know it. Time to stop messing around. Time to stop mucking around. I mean, we're living in a crazy, crazy world at the moment. This is not time for sitting on the fence or... This is time to make decisions. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, you know it. You know, there's, there's garbage going on in your life, and you, you know it. Maybe no one else knows it, but you know it. And you know right now, even God's speaking to you, you need to repent. You need to turn. You need to do that. God's speaking to you right now. Maybe you've been coming to church on Sunday, but living like hell on Monday. Repent. Turn back to God. Come to Him. Hear His voice. Return to your Father. If that's you today, wherever you're sitting, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer. If you say, Pastor, I want to be included in that prayer. I need to get right with God. Right where you're sitting right now, would you put your hand high up in the air so I can see it? Is there anybody here today? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You know you need to get right with God. Don't mess around. Come on. Maybe repentance has been an emotional thing for you, but it needs to be a decision of the will. I keep messing stuff around and mucking around. Who else? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Slip those hands down. Maybe you're here today and you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't. I'm going to give you an opportunity now. Who are you? There's someone here you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't. Anyone here? Come on. Is there anyone here? You know you should have, but you didn't. I don't want to make, I want, thank you. 
Let's pray this prayer all together in a loud voice. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a desperate sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I make a decision of my will to turn away from sin and to turn towards God. Be King of my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forth. Help me to follow you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we put our hands together for those who said yes to Him today? Amen. Amen. Would you stand? Hallelujah. Lord, let our lives reflect the red letters of Jesus. Let our lives reflect and evidence what Jesus has spoken. Lord, you began with repent. Help us to live that out as we seek to glorify your name in our lives. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and your family and your children and your children's children and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.